You're listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 62. Five years later, 20 years later. And welcome to episode 62 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I'm Paul French, and today I am Longbox Lad. And that comes down to the fact that... <laughs> easy, guys. Easy. Bragging. Bragging. <laughs> it comes That's down to the fact... That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> um, it comes down to the fact that when I went to look for my... As, as we said, we're doing the uh, we're starting in on the five year later legion. And so as I went to uh, to get my books out earlier today to give them a read, uh, it was the, the box that I thought they were in was not where they were. And so I actually, um, you know, started going through some other boxes to, to try and find it. And I was able to find it fairly quickly. But I realized that I've got all my legion runs separate. So I've got like the stuff running through um from from like the adventure run starting at at like uh, Superman 147 and uh and sort of going through the adventure run you know what I have of it and uh, and action and then into Superboy and the Legion and all the way through to the Baxter series in one box and then the next box uh is where we get the uh the 5 year later stuff along with Legionnaires up to and and also all of Valor um, and then that is up to uh, the uh, up to zero hour and the end of an era, and uh, and those are evidently in another box which I didn't get to. But I did, however, in between there find another box which I am now dubbing the uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters Prize Vault. So uh, yeah, there's some really cool stuff in there. Um, just just like stuff where it's like you know someone's gonna find this really awesome, mm. and and that's not necessarily <laughs> me. But um, but at some point <laughs> at some point I did find it awesome, uh, you know. And it was like it's like wow, did I really buy all four variant covers of Fathom Number One? Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Paul, 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 Paul. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, so so that's me today. And I am Darren Noel, and I am uh, Fancy Nancy Boy. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um, I, I got done. I, I fixed Thanksgiving dinner for my friends Saturday, and I am on the fourth load of dishes in the dishwasher. Oh, my. Because, wow, it was a lot of food. Oh, my God. And I, I, am, I am most bloated right now, and I'm hoping that the, the perfect detox for turkey overload is salmon. I figured that out today. Mm. Tastes nothing like turkey. You still get the protein without going, oh, God, turkey again? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's a good thing. So I had salmon for lunch. I'm going light. I had salmon and a salad and, Look at you, you know, having some unsweetened tea and, you know, just kind of chilling out today and enjoying the last day off before going back to the grindstone. Sucker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm Matt Kramer, and tonight I am... Christmas kid, because we started the process of decorating the whole house for Christmas tonight. Well, we cleaned the living room and hauled up the tree, so that's, <laughs> that's a good start. That's a big step, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now we just need to find the ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> They're somewhere in the basement. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Too many I- tubs that all look the same. <laughs> yeah, it, it. <laughs> See, same exactly the same thing I was going through earlier. 
I'm Scott Coles, and tonight I am Christmas Kid 2, who joined after Christmas Kid 1 was killed in the uh, 17th <laughs> Uh, today was my company's uh kids christmas party for uh, from well my work which uh technically i guess i still work for although i'm laid off so we went there and they had pizza and santa claus came and gave them presents and all that jazz that's that's sweet so i'm all christmas out till next year now (laughs) it's like done done that was it it hey that's good it doesn't take a lot (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so, um, you know, of course, this this is, uh, you know, this is this one's coming out on December 14th. But as you can tell, we actually have recorded this one a bit earlier. Um, uh, so so that's why when I, when, when I say that there's some Legion news this week, when you're listening to it and thinking, wait a second, man, that was weeks ago. Um, <laughs> but we did have another Legionnaire show up, you know, it, just after we said, you know, any more Legionnaires that make uh, that make their appearance will probably over the next little while uh, turn up in um, in Robinson's uh, Superman. Um, he really didn't let us down on that. Not at all. And um, <laughs> that was an awesome moment. It really was, and I figure it's okay to spoil now because it's like three weeks later. And <laughs> it's been it's been three weeks, yeah. Yeah, and even the yeah. even the DCBS people have uh, have have read this already. So, um, but uh, but yeah, we 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 got uh, we got our boy Mattery lad showing up. And, hey. Yeah, Woo-hoo! and and and, and 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 you know, it's one of those things where the way he kind of drops him. I mean, the 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 Jackie thing came out of nowhere. Right, right. There was yeah. like nothing that that was sort of a hint dropped before she turned out to be Jackie. At, at least nothing I could see. Um, right. Uh, there was no. There was not a white hair. Exactly. Sight. Like I was trying was to look like did she royally? So. Yeah, or and I was like, did she make reference to a dead spouse or anything like that? And and uh, and it wasn't until that issue, um, you know. So so we hadn't sort of seen that before. But with this one, you know, we actually met the guy, um, you know, ages before. And, uh, you know, when when Monel first came to town and he first moved into his place in Metropolis and got his job with the science police, um, he meets up with the guy who runs the deli downstairs. And um, <laughs> and it was kind no of kind of you because no he basically, um, you know, basically it was was talking about the food with absolute obsessive detail. <laughs> there's our there's your first clue right and he, and he, and this is where and he basically convinced Monel to uh to explore this new world that he was in and that was what you know sent him off to France to try the food there and everything and uh and so uh so you know it's it's hold like on, what, hold on did he wind up near a black man in France out of hmm. curiosity I'm I'm not sure what, why okay shocks comes to mind oh 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 yeah, not that I not that I recall. Tyrock, <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> Had to work it in there, didn't you? <laughs> so, so it was kind of neat because there were, I mean, I mean, there's no way that 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 reading that like it never occurred to me at the time reading. It was just like, okay, well, you know, this guy runs a restaurant. Of course, he talks a lot about food. You know, um, and 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 then you know why would I assume that why would I assume that it was Mattery Lad and maybe not Bouncing Boy? I don't know, um, but uh, but anyway, uh, he, well, it makes sense. I mean, he was the chef during the Archies, so well, exactly. That's exactly it, right? So so we've got uh, and and the thing that he said is as he went out there basically to and and revealed himself was uh, was he uh, told the flight ring to uh, disable cloaking. 
And um, <laughs> so I'm, I can't remember who else is back there. Isn't Tyrock one of the time lost? I, I, Tyrock is one of the missing ones, yeah. Right, yeah. and Quizlet and Dream Girl is still well, yeah. unaccounted for. Even right, though right. We, we saw her. Kind we of. saw a uh, precognitive flash of her. Right. Let's like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, we know where Element Lad is. So, who's left? Is that it? I'm not sure. We need to, yeah, we'll, we'll have to figure out a sort of a definitive list so we can sort of keep that, keep track of, uh, of who's showing up where. Of course, um, Talus has, uh, has turned up. Uh, that was back in Adventure One. Um, you know he's he's uh, he's like the swamp thing of uh, of Smallville. <laughs> the Smallville. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so but it yeah. makes you wonder where the Legion of Super Villains espionage squad is. Well, and yeah. and and that's what I think we're going to start sort of we're going to start seeing is uh, is is I wonder if we're going to start seeing some of them uh, popping out of the woodwork. Or who uh, the I would not are. Be yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I would yeah. not be well, surprised at all. We know obviously one will probably be Chameleon Chief, but. Who else? Yeah, that would <laughs> make sense. Is there? Micro yeah, lad. Micro lad. Good call. Yeah. Ron um, Carr as a doormat. <laughs> because the the only one that we can really rule out um, thus far is Lightning Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sure. because he's uh, he's on his little quest um, in, in in the thirty first century. So you it's it's probably just... rule out Hunter too. <laughs> yeah, just because he's lame. <laughs> well, not, not a lot subtle. of sneakiness in that guy. Yeah, I would, I would say tear is on the non tear. Yeah, side yeah. As well, so, well, they, 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 our guys have have Telus back there. I mean, <laughs> well, Telus has a completely different personality than Tear and Hunter. So, no, this That's is true. true. This is true. So anyway, it, it's just kind of interesting, you know, and, and this kind of dovetails in with what we're going to be talking about tonight as we as we start uh, going through the, uh, the first bunch of issues of, of the five year later Legion. And, uh, um, you know, it, it represents a significant change. It, it's it's a lot of what we knew before, but so much of it is new. And so so it really is quite a parallel to it. You know, we look at it as another reboot and, and really technically speaking, um you know, the, the Five Year Later Legion was a bit of a reboot as far as the way we were used to Legion stories being told. And um, and, and not only that, but also then looking into, uh, into, the, into the fact that we, we do get, a, you know, kind of a soft reboot uh, in, in, within the first uh, a bunch of issues. So, so a, a lot of parallels there with what we're seeing right now and, um, and what we were seeing back then. Um, but uh, but let the, Darren, can you perhaps set the stage for uh, for where we're at as as uh, we open the cover to issue one? Sure thing. Um, the last arc of the Baxter Run was called the Magic Wars, and it brought an end to the Levitz era of the Legion, at least the, the second Levitz era, uh, mm. the main one. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the Magic Wars, what basically was happening was science took over so much in the 30th century and magic had been supplanted so much that a an ancient creature known as the archmage that was being held captive inside sorcerer's world was able to escape his bonds placed there by um other ancient wizards i have a theory that the archmage is actually dark opal from the amethyst series so mm-hmm. if you you know read the amethyst series you know why that is mm-hmm. so um the Archmage um, unleashes 
wild untamed magic upon the 30th century science and things start falling apart. Uh, science that used to work reliably no longer is working. Cruisers stop working. Food replicators stop working. Economic panic takes hold. Um, the United Plants is driven to basically almost like a Great Depression mm-hmm. in a way. You know, every everything that was bright and shiny is now not so much. People are trapped in their homes and can't get out even. Um, is remarked upon in the Magic Wars. And at the end of the Magic Wars, after um, the sacrifice of Magnetic Kid, which gets talked about a little bit in the issues we're going to talk about tonight, and unfortunately the science that failed Monel, his life support stopped working and he mm-hmm. passed away during the Magic Wars. Um, what we're dealing with is, is a United Planets now on the brink of absolute turmoil from every corner when before the United Planets was a bright and shiny future. And at the end of that ser- at the end of those four issues, the Legion of Superheroes stands on an asteroid and says basically that no matter what the troubles are going to face the United Planets in the future, the Legion would be there. Mm-hmm. And that brings an end to the Baxter run. And, and when you look at it, that, it, it was a pretty big deal because, <clears throat> um, you know, Levitt's had been working uninterrupted on the characters for about eight years then. Mm-hmm. Um, not It was huge, him leaving. Totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when you think about it, I mean, that was a, I, I guess at the time we would have, you'd still look at an eight year run as being a, a, a pretty huge body of work. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, we're, 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 we were much used to at the time where people would have sort of, you know, three, four, five year runs on, on a title. Um, but for someone to, to go, to go that long on a, on a book, um, and that was, that was the second time around. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, was, was even then was, was pretty unheard of and, and now would be just, you know, insane. Yeah. Well, just, you know, unless it's creator owned, it just doesn't happen. Now. Yeah. Right. And uh, and so I mean it was a it was a huge deal. So what you know basically in order to sort of remove themselves from that, um, you know it, it fell to uh, to Keith Giffen to uh, to get started on it, and he basically brought in Al Gordon, um, who inked and and had a lot to do with with the direction of the series as well, and uh, and he brought in a couple of uh, of Interlac members, um, and that was Tom and Mary Beerbaum. And uh, so they came in to uh, to, to basically uh, to help with it. So so you kind of get the this and this was kind of a collaborative format that uh, the Giffen was working in a lot back back in that at that point in time. Um, you know he was well known for having uh, like at the time he was working on uh, Justice League as well, and so mm-hmm. they they would uh, he would kind of do the plot and pencils basically, and. Um, and so, uh, so in a lot of it, you know, it would be kind of like working the old Marvel method where they'd kind of settle out, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, and here's where the story is going to go. Here's the basic beats of it. And, uh, he'd draw the issue and then it would be dialogued afterward. And, uh, and, and now I think that there was a lot, uh, you know, that, st- that plot, you know, un- unlike what Stan and Jack used to do, that plot wasn't just sort of a conversation and go, you know, there was, uh, there was a lot of detail to what they were doing and, and there had to be just because of the, the, you know, the sprawling nature of this story, you know, they had to first map out, um, where they'd started, you know, like, like what, so, so they had to, they had to, even if we didn't know, they had to know what had gone on <laughs> in that five year gap. And, um, 
Yeah, it's it was like watching the first episode of Babylon Five and the last episode of Babylon Five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a five year gap. You know, when drawing those lines and those connections nigh on to impossible at the beginning. So Without you just kind of had to leap into it and get your information a little bit at a time. It's kind of like the beginning of Lost in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't know anything anymore. And it's like, who are these people? You get the flashbacks, but. And, hmm. and you know, that, that, that flashback that's on page two, where we basically sort of go, they go through um, as though it's like an A&E biography kind of thing, where they talk about the um, sort of some key, key events. So they have the, they show the headquarters and what, and how it was, uh, uh, what the Legion was a symbol for beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, then they talk about uh, Lightning Lad sacrificing his life to repel the first Kundish invasion. So this was kind of a retcon saying that Zarion was one of the Kunds. Um, then they talk about Feral Lad dying, dest- destroying the Sun Eater. Uh, they talk about the Fatal Five. Uh, they talk about Omega, and uh, and then of course you see Darkseid um, uh, standing over uh, White Witch and Brainiac Five. And Which then you just is the magic versus science subliminal argument there again. Ab- absolutely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, totally, totally. I mean, and that's that's. You know, you, 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 I would like to think they didn't pick them randomly. I would like to think that was on purpose. So. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, and this this was a big part of it because, you know, that's what brought around the the overall economic collapse of uh, of the United Planets. And um, and then you just see this whole thing and 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 they just kind of drop a hint where they say, um, you know, see the full story of the heroic group whose rise and fall mirrored that of an era. Dirk Morgna narrates Saturday at eight. Right. And so it's mm. like, like Dirk Morgna. What? 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 Um, so, so that, 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 but that page was added in after they actually originally planned to just start in. So you have that splash page with the star field that says five years later, mm-hmm. and then it was going to go right into that latest raid on anti-government terrorists netted 35 suspects, you know, and, and, uh, and, but they felt that they needed to just give a bit of, uh, you know, for people who don't know who the Legion is, who, you know, because it's an issue one. Previously on Legion of, of superheroes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, so that was a kind of a bring you up to speed. But, but that said, I mean, let's face it, that gives you a little bit of information. But um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot left still left on the table. So um, I, I can't imagine people who for whom this was the first day, uh, first issue. <laughs> and any of you who are listening, for whom this was the first issue, please, please tell us about it. Because that, that yes. was, you know, yes. just the idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would love to hear about that. <laughs> you know, I'd been reading Legion for probably about two years at the point where this came out. Mm-hmm. And this may as well have been the first first Legion I'd ever read because it was all completely over my head. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and it represented a huge shift in storytelling, right? So, yeah, so yeah. Um, you know, uh, Tom Beerbaum on his live journal, which is it's okay, I'm a senator.livejournal.com. Um, speaking of, of Chomp um, <laughs> and Tenzel, uh, but he, he said that basically, you know, that idea of that splash page was it wasn't just important information, but also, and also, you know, that, that being the opening story of the series, which went to, you know, to issue 12. Um, you know, they, and that was another thing they, they were big on in, in this particular, uh, series was long arcs. Um, you know, it, it, it took a while for, you know, there was a, there was a lot going on in those, like it's, it's, it's very dense stuff and we're not going to go through like a, 
um, you know, panel by panel re- uh, uh, read through, but we'll certainly uh, look at sort of some of the key points. But um, so, so they spent they spent hours just sort of mapping out what was what the universe was, what happened in that gap in that five years, and so that they really understood where they were going, and then could could basically pull this all pull all this stuff together. At the same time, um, Keith and Al Gordon were doing this, and so. Um, Al Gordon had a lot of input on the series and sort of taking, um, you know, the direction of, of what, di- of where different, uh, characters went. And they get into that sort of later in one of the letter columns where they say, you know, this one was one that Mary came up with. This one is one that Al came up with. And, um, and so they would kind of, uh, so it really sort of evolved that way. Uh, but as I say, that page two, um, a late edition and really because they felt that the story was too confusing if you just kind of got dropped in. Um, and so they did that, that page of Legion background, um, and, and one of the way, you know, they, they mentioned that well, at least one confused reader thought that it meant they'd killed off lightning lad during the five year gap. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and so there was sort of a, a hey. sort of a, you know, remember he died and then came back and, uh, and so, <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of little, little details, right? Um, but that one of the things that, that, that he says thematically, um, even, even now, 20 years later, and, and that was the thing that really, you know, got me was like, that's right. This book is cover dated for, for November of 1989. So this is, this is over 20 years old, this stuff. <laughs> mm. Um, you know, when, when you think yeah, about it, the, uh, old. you yeah. know, 20 years before <laughs> that, it was the action run. Um, yeah. You know, oh, wait, Matt, you were like three when this came out. Is that right? <laughs> I was 11. <laughs> oh, Damn. Oh, and you were reading the Legion? Yeah. That's awesome. God. Yeah. There you go. Because I originally came in when I was reading the uh, Burn Superman reboot, and the books crossed over into uh, 37, and, 37 and 38. Yeah. The oh, super, wow. With the Pocket Universe story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. I so got a universe pocket. Want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Um, <laughs> I've fallen for that one before. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Um, this first issue was dedicated to the memory of John Fort, and they said that you know, they said dedicated to mem- the memory of John Fort, too often overlooked. Um, so we have uh, Giffen plot and pencils, Tom Mary Beerbaum doing the dialogue, Al Gordon co-plotting and uh, and inking, Todd Klein is the letterer, Tom McCraw is the colorist, and he would later on go on to write the book, and the editor was Mark Wade. Um, <laughs> now apparently, especially on this issue, absolutely every edit that that Wade wanted to do, they they questioned. Um, because they, they really, they were, they were, they labored so much over every bit of it that they really didn't want to change anything. Um, um, when there's the page that, uh, where, where Violet first shows up and, uh, they had her saying ass a couple of times and they're like, no, that's gotta go. Um, and also just some, some information that they had to add in, uh, later just to, just to sort of clarify things. And, you know, I, I, I don't think any of that was was at all out of line, um, purely because uh, the, you know there was there was <laughs> you know it was it was a different storytelling uh, style that really threw a lot of people off, um, and uh, and so they had to they had to do a little bit just to sort of get some of that information across, yeah. and it was a very postmodern storytelling 
methodology that they used, you know, where they would basically, instead of doing a big, long flashback scene, which was what people were kind of used to even uh, at that late point of the 80s, uh, they, they, they would do like one panel that had a few word balloons that kind of vaguely hinted at it. And, uh, okay. you know, nowadays it would send you to Wikipedia. Then it was like, okay, <laughs> raid the long boxes, kids. There was no Wikipedia. Indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. So, um <laughs> So there's a little disagreement um, where, for example, they wanted to, uh, they had uh, uh, Loomis refer to Chameleon Boy as the Durland Don Quixote. And (laughs) and Wade felt that that was just way too earth 20th century. And uh, whereas Tom felt that, you know, Don Quixote has already stood the test of time enough that I have no problem with him being a symbol within the galaxy's human culture a thousand years in the future. But there was a lot of sort of back and forth on that kind of stuff. And... uh, um, you know, but and they also did the the text pages. Every uh, most issues, um, uh, certainly for the first while, um, and and sort of ongoing, um, had like a text page, and so you got a lot of the, uh, and they would do it like so. In this case, it's the um, it's the Daily Planet from uh, January twenty first, twenty nine ninety two, and uh, so you get basically sort of a, a some details on the uh, on the economic collapse. Um, then you get into uh, a communique from Taylor Wellington, who's the Earth uh, president, and uh, sort of her, some of some of what she's talking about with the uh, the Legion of Superheroes, um, and uh, and then um, the uh, the message, the communique from uh, Polar Boy, who was at the time the Legion the Legion's leader, um, to um, to to President Wellington, uh, mm. announcing the disbanding of the Legion. Um, so we got a lot of that stuff sort of filled in in the background and we would get like, um, uh, you know, a commercial like this one, this first issue ends with a, uh, with a commercial mm-hmm. for flight ring village and yeah, um, the Legion headquarters turned into a timeshare resort. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> and, and, and see, and this is one of the things where he says, you know, even, even now he looked at, you know, seeing, uh, seeing Dirk Morgan as a sellout spokesman for a corrupt government. <laughs> And Rock dealing with the rubble of post-war brawl, he said this really re- resonates today given current domestic and global developments. And uh, yeah. and he sees that a lot of the, he says that, um, he says this happens to me throughout the run of the book. A lot of the themes we address in, addressed in this run of the Legion involved issues and choices our culture has wrestled with in the 15 to 20 years since these stories were published. And um, so that, that kind of sets us out up for, uh, for, uh, for issue one, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, totally, uh, Darren. You had some some notes on this issue as well. Well, I, I just went through and uh, I was looking at. I'm not going to go panel to panel on this stuff, but I thought it'd be handy to just kind of brief people if this is the first time they're looking at this. Who the key players are as we go along, like who who had been part of Legion Mythos before and aren't new, and who the new people are. Yeah, so, yeah. just briefly. Um, Page three, where we start getting into the the story, Universo is there on that fourth panel, mm-hmm. and he is of course mm-hmm. a longtime mm-hmm. Legion villain. Next to him is Marella Tao, and she is, I'm assuming, Timberwolf's ex girlfriend at this point. Um, oh, that's they right. dated briefly in the Baxter run after yeah. that whole relationship with Lightning last went downhill. Um, that ninth panel, of course, that's Dirk Morgna, uh, formerly <laughs> Sunboy. And I'm going to talk about them in their, with their real names because they're not addressing each other as the superhero names here. So right. I, I think we should keep it kind of consistent when we're talking about them. Yeah. 
let's see where where's my next one um polar boy breck bannon right there on the next page in that sixth panel apparently he's um well he's in trouble with the law what a shock <laughs> right it, it, it's the same thing as happened in that action run that we saw from John's. Oh yeah, he's been arrested. Yay! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the next page, you see that we have a lot of these blue. Um, and these guys confused me the first time I read um, the story when I picked it up. The blue probie probes. probes yeah, you know, they're just walking around. They're think of them as androids, basically. Um, yeah. That's what they are. They they function as helpers, I guess. Very, very kind of sort of Blade Runner, kind of sort of AI. Yeah. And here we see Chameleon Boy has taken over Brand Industries. And he's kind of playing the role of RJ in a way here. And Marla Latham on the next page, who was present for Ultra Boy's induction test into the Legion... <laughs> is apparently going to play Alfred slash Lucius Fox to reap Daggle's Batman. Nice. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's that's apparently where this is going. He's like, okay, I'm in charge of the company now while he's away, and um, okay, here's your money. And then we get to the next page, and just to continue the Batman um, saga theme here, we have a flashback, and we really don't know <laughs> too much about what's going on here. We know there's a guy named Loomis... And they're complaining about Elvaberg breast. <laughs> and things go. Which will come up again. <laughs> yes. Yes, I missed that question anyway. <laughs> it still haunts me to this day. <laughs> and, and we don't know too much about it because there's never been a guy named Loomis before in mm -hmm. Legion continuity as far as I know. And you turn the page and apparently um, it is Rock Crin, the former Cosmic Boy. And his stalker, Lita Jath, <laughs> the former <laughs> night girl. And apparently uh, not only are they married, but they got busy because Lita mm. looks very pregnant in yep. this drawing. Extremely yeah. pregnant. Or she um, just let herself go once uh, she finally <laughs> had drunk. <laughs> once the superheroing was over, you know, eh, let's, let's have some more eclairs, honey. Mm. I'm like, still uh, super strong. Don't you forget it. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's no very. That I get. <laughs> I she's, can bench press you. She's like, it's still, it's, it's, it's very light out. So, you know, the metabolism really didn't kick in anymore. And, but yeah, so this, at night. <laughs> so, you know, this, we, we do see Loomis actually refer to rock on that page. Uh, he says, Hey rock, something's going down, some sort of airburst. Um, and it's neat because he's, he's sort of, wait, it didn't happen this way. And it's, it's just a really cool, uh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a neat flashback. It's very, it's very Batman Crime Alley, in a way. Yeah, not, Which, not like that strong origin feeling, but you get the impression that this is a traumatic event, and mm -hmm. there you go. Yeah, and and of course that's very interesting considering again November nineteen eighty nine. So this would have come out just after. Uh, so the you know that's the cover date. So going back three months, we we're talking end of August in uh, in eighty nine. So you know that was the summer of Batman. In fact, I think issue three uh, has an ad on the back of it for um, for Batman, the movie of the decade on video. Yes, it does on video <laughs> cassette. Yeah. On video cassette, sweet. Oh. <laughs> Look at the back cover of the issue. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll, <laughs> we're gonna get into some of that, some of the stuff in here because I, I find that just absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Love that. Um, Rock and Lida are apparently on Brawl. 
and Brawl looks to be a little worse for wear. It's never mm. been a, a paradise, but it's definitely looking very future third worldy in mm. a way. Mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, Rot goes to a checkpoint and sees some graffiti that says Venado Bay, and apparently he has another flashback. Mm. Now Venado Bay. Of course, very significant stuff, uh, but that actually came from the um, the screen name of a member of Interlac. Mm. Um, I think he says he says one thing I wish we'd done a long time ago was go through these comics pretty carefully and identify all the subtle references to various APA members and fandom friends. There were enough. There were enough, and they were so subtle that it's next to impossible to identify them all now. So many years later. The big one in this issue is Venado Bay, with Venado coming from the address of an Interlac member back then. I mm. honestly can't find any other ref- inside references in this issue. Uh, maybe we weren't really in the swing of things yet, because within an issue issue or two, we'd have certainly made this this sort of reference with the names in the number one uh, text pages. But I don't think there's anything of note in these text pages. So there you go. Okay. That's interesting. Like, uh, Venado was the street they lived on or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I would never would have thought that, to be honest. I no. just figured it was something they made up. So um, Rock apparently gets through the checkpoint. You're like, why is there a checkpoint on Brawl, right? Mm-hmm. Because Brawl was, you know, a member of the UP, and, okay, things have changed apparently. Mm-hmm. And Rock has apparently very high clearance. It's crimson even. Wow. Mm, not pale scarlet. <laughs> mm. And apparently uh, Loomis, his friend from Venado Bay, um, lives out here in what looks to be a completely rubble radioactive wasteland, really. It just looks like there's nothing there. Yeah. I mean that let's face it, that um yeah, that 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 planet is is toast. I mean it He it, looks very trench coat brigade going over there. Absolutely. Like John Constantine walking through hell on a way. <laughs> so um above the planet, uh we discover some interesting things here. Um the detention shuttle nine to brawl occupational headquarters docking clearance request. So Emisk is occupying brawl. Mm-hmm. That's new folks. That's very new. Very new. And then they say the prisoner not from occupied planet. And the prisoner is actually a Salu Digby who just because we've always called her this, that would be Vi or Violet mm-hmm. for those of you keeping up. Not and yet apparently, virus. <laughs> not, not virus quite yet. Thank you. Um, she is a field commander. Wow. You know, she's apparently got some kind of pull with the Emiskian army. And looks like Vi's seen better days. Mm-hmm. She is carrying a, uh, a general scar scar, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and is more of a hard ass than she ever was in the Baxter run. And we'll get to that change of personality from that point uh, when we talk about the Baxter. But here it's gotten even more intense. Mm-hmm. And she's not taking any crap from anybody, especially some stupid probes. So eventually she meets with her uh, general dude who wants to let her go with a, with an honorable discharge. If she keeps her mouth shut, she refuses to keep her mouth shut, which is apparently why they had her in jail for two months. Yeah. And uh, so they let her go. And her email, for lack of a better word, to Ayla Rons, 
says it all, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. She says, uh, they cut me loose. Can you believe it? They cut me loose. It's a dishonorable discharge, but hell, my soul is intact. I'm free. I made it, but I couldn't have done it, Ayla, not without your letters and without you getting the others to write to. And oh. there's more <laughs> stuff down there. Yeah. Finally realized we had something so special in the Legion. And while my mind is still confused, my heart knows exactly where I belong. I just hope Garth meant it when he said you could use an extra hand on the plantation. I'm coming home. Love, Vi. And she sends it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, there you go, folks. And, and, and again, you know, just, just something that's so commonplace now, the sending of an email, was, a, you know, a bigger deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, 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 you know, wasn't nearly as common. I mean, there were, you know, any university campus had some system of, of email, but it was, um, you know, it's not as, as, as ubiquitous <laughs> as, as we, as we find it now. Yeah. There was no spam back then because <laughs> exactly. yeah, the spammers didn't have email accounts. back then. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, uh, back on Brawl, Loomis and Rock have a little chat. And while Loomis goes off to check his traps for some food to eat, um, well, what do you know? There's Cam. <laughs> and they have, they have a little chat. And Cam is uh, saying, it's time to get the band back together, dude. To hmm. which Rock freaks out. And uh, we stop in on Loomis and um, Cam's probe i guess is the best way to put it um and we discover that rock no longer has his magnetic abilities he is quote unquote a cripple mm-hmm. mm. wow so whatever happened bernardo bay possibly took his powers away most yeah. likely and Seems as well as uh, lumis's together. arm <laughs> yeah that too, that too. yeah you know. so um Cam and Rock are talking, and Rock's like, no, no, it won't work. You don't need me. I don't have my powers. And Cam gets him to remember what it was like at the beginning. And we get a very, very brief nine-panel retelling of the origin of the Legion. Mm. And, you got to love that. <laughs> and this is exactly what I was talking about, just that that sort of the, the disjointed um – uh, word balloons, right? Where it's where it's like it, it's it's all. It, there's a lot of bits where it's where it's uh, you know just sentence fragments. You know, uh, look at that richest man alive. If only I could get a job with him. And um, hateful thoughts, assassination, that man. Um, you know, so there was a, there were there were bit, there were quite a few things here that um, uh, you, you know where where it kind of conveys a lot of information as as quickly as possible. Um, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, a lot of these exact panels and uh word balloons are in the legion origin issue that's eight isn't it yes yes that's that's right yeah um you know but there's there's things here like like the the where they where they talk about you know why does he want a brolium without magnetic abilities right and uh the probe says that mr daggle knows exactly what he's doing sir Yes, he does, <laughs> and uh, and and you know where he talks, you know exactly about about rock being the foundation, and um, and and just the whole idea about you know remembering the dream. He just needs some Magno Viagra. <laughs> there you go <laughs> to get it back up again. By the way, I'm adding yeah. something to the drinking game. Ooh. Okay, that fifth panel in the middle of the page where they're telling the Legion's origin story. Yeah. Anytime you see the one stalked alien. <laughs> 
<laughs> our little friend from uh, from uh, the DC Comics Presents issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he shows up in the oddest places, doesn't he? Indeed. Well, there he is again. So anyway, so we we turn the page and um, they're they're talking about the plans to get um, Rock off planet. Apparently, you know he's since he's got crimson clearance, he's very He's watched all the time, and Cam's mm-hmm. like, I'm rich. It's not a problem. I can bribe people. <laughs> and he's right. Score. Cam. <laughs> Money being, talks. Being rich is a perfectly valid superpower. <laughs> yes. Batman has proven that. <laughs> indeed. <Yeah>. Indeed. <laughs> and um, he tells uh, Rock that he's had Lita packed <laughs> while they've been having this conversation, mm-hmm. and they're all good to go, and Loomis is coming along with them to kind of with uh, Lita while Rock and Cam go gallivanting the universe again. Mm-hmm. So Rock is leaving the stalker at home. Yay. <laughs> now, the last page is a bit disturbing. Ooh, scary. <laughs> Very scary. We don't know who these people are yet, but we know that they are up to deviltry because of the black background coloring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that automatically clues you in that something bad is about to happen to somebody. And oh, It's um, very dark. Yeah, it's very, very dark. And we'll get to that when, when they reveal who they really are. Yeah. <laughs> One other thing to note is is this is big time. You know, it's all this whole story is basically nine panel grid. Right. Yes. And so so this yeah. really takes us out of that sort of the. You know, it, it's it's kind of a pullback, like I, I think every page yeah every page is is yeah. is nine panel grid except for that that opening starfield basically and yeah. and that really kind of takes you out of that whole um well it's very watchman inspired it it's definitely so. watchman inspired without a doubt and and also it just it keeps you to the um i think it ha- it has a lot to say about the the pacing of the story and um where it's more there's claustrophobic. It's not uh, big superhero action. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's not open. Yeah. It's not you know expansive. It's not the shiny future. And that first issue just set that up completely. I, I think the next issue is the closest to action that we get for for a while. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, just looking at what else came out uh, the month that this came out, uh, we were at, at issue thirty two of of the uh, Giffen Demetrius uh, Justice League. Mm. <laughs> um, the beginning of 32. the end. Um, we had uh, the uh, was it Firestorm had just become an elemental. They were just they were starting the elemental wars. Oh, so it was Firestorm, wow. Naiad, Swamp Thing, and Red Tornado. Red Tornado against one another. Mm. Young All Stars was on issue thirty one. Um, wow. <laughs> it made it to thirty one. Wow, yeah, that was yeah. the final issue. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely yep. right. Yeah. See, wow. that's that's one I want. That's one I still want to finish. Um, <laughs> all right. So so anyway, so that's uh, so there's issue one. So let's head into issue two and see who we meet up with there. Okay. Let some me... dude. <laughs> some dude. Some dude talking about some dude. Yeah. Um, Stuff. Page one of issue two opens up with Glitter Magazine, which uh, you mm. assume from the name Beretta West. There was a. Uh, a gossip columnist named Rona Barrett. Oh yes, so mm. it's kind of a uh, a play on her name there. Hey, not uh, only that though, but think mm. of another uh, journalist who lived in the 30th century. Oh, that would be Iris West. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh, I wonder if there's any relation there because um, 
you know, well, we're we gonna see the tornado twins eventually. We do indeed. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. Yes, we do. Um, so <laughs> apparently the, the gossip is all about the pending nuptials of Phantom Girl and Ultra Boy. The longstanding Legion couple are finally going to tie the knot. <laughs> and then we turn the page. Yeah. And then yeah. there's this yellow girl with blue hair and that's freckles. not Tinya. That's <laughs> no. not, yeah, she's got freckles. That's not Tinya. And Sorry, I, just, I just want to back up for one second. Uh, sure, sure, the, sure. the wedding gown, um, they listed as being designed by Arne Strickle. Um, and that was, uh, that's, that's Arnie Stricky. Arnie Starkey and Strick, who at that time had a series of zines in Interlac featuring their clothing designs for various Legionnaires. Mm. Oh, so it's kind of a little uh, a little um, uh, inside reference. And when we get to page twenty, there's some there's some other stuff there, there's and uh, we'll, okay. we'll we'll shout those ones out as well. Yeah, just just tell me when to stop. <laughs> I noticed that uh, that mm. Strick is actually a lady, and she shows up in the letters pages often too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Letters pages are so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> don't you miss letters pages? I know I know we have the internet now, but don't you miss them? Anyway. I really do. Oh, yeah. So there's um, a yellow girl with blue hair and freckles running from two people. And we really don't know what's going on here. We, hear, we see the word badge. So maybe they're police chasing a villain. And she looks very much like a race we've seen before in Legion history called the Scalarians. And the Sclarians have typically been smugglers, and the Legion have caught them many times smuggling mm-hmm. things. So you would assume mm-hmm. she's a bad guy, right? Well, <laughs> turn to the next page. There's a uh, gentleman here. <laughs> Mr. Jonah has become a very serious <laughs> problem. Well, that's our ultra boy they're talking about there. So Joe is alive and well for now. And apparently... A Cundian is talking to the head of the Silver Rail <laughs> Limited mm. Corporation. What's Silver Rail, you ask? Well, we'll get to that. We don't <laughs> know what it is yet. Isn't that fun? I'm teasing you. Ha ha. <laughs> so apparently they want um, the Sclarian girl, Kono is her name, as we find out here, um, taken out. E- eradicate is the word that they used. Isn't that nice? Eradicate. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and apparently we, we discover here Joe Nah has become a silver rail pirate slash smuggler. Very appropriate for those of you who know the Reflecto story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kono is working with him or for him. It's hard to tell at this point. And Kono is apparently pissed off some guns. Well, that's not difficult to do, folks. So <laughs> got to give the girl a break. Um the next couple of pages, we discover that um, Kono does have the ability to shift mass between herself and other objects. So she can take mass out of an object and add it to her own mass, or she can give something her mass and basically become intangible. Hmm. Mm. So she's kind of like Phantom Girl in a way. It, it, in a it, way. It, it, yeah. I kind of like Starboy. In yeah. a way. So, <laughs> and she has uh, um, uh, freckles that form a bell pattern on, on her left, her left buttock. buttock. <laughs> <laughs> Ring my bell. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> said it was fancy Nancy boy tonight. I'm trying to live up to it. So you see the, uh, the police are trying to corner Kono as we go through, and, and they kill one of their own in an attempt to get to Kono. Well, that's lovely. 
And then <laughs> they bring in the funniest Kundish assassins ever invented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just, they're not Kuns, though, are they? Aren't, they are they they're v- kind of pagans or something? Altered, well, the Kuns have always altered their people to be kind of mm-hmm. these weird cyborgs ever since Karlak appeared. So yeah. they're kind of Kundish. Yeah. Now, they're I not, just want to. The traditional Kuns we've seen, but they're of the Kund. How about that? Just another thing to, to look at here on page five. Uh, they talk about materi- about uh, materializing in Stigar Plaza. Mm. Yep. Yeah, Stigar. <laughs> Stigar. Now, uh, of course, we talked. Uh, <laughs> Stigar. Stigar. Ah, yes. I didn't do it this time. <laughs> but um, now trying to remember the the name on that but that was uh i know that's that was one of the uh the reflecto identities later on yes yep so again very appropriate um um and actually i guess we we later found out that that reflecto was in fact a rimborian hero so which is kind of a nod to the conway story so Mm. yes and so and you have to look at their dialogue these these two assassins because they're just so darn cute and i believe i read on that blog of Tom's Tom's blog where they were modeled after the um the goofy gophers from the Warner oh, Brothers. Totally. Oh, totally. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh no, you go first. No, no, I insist you. <laughs> it's like oh indubitably. Oh, oh indubitably. dear. Oh dear. Your head mm. seems to be aflame. <laughs> oh, oh, I must put this out. Do excuse me. You know, <laughs> it, if you read them that way, they're hilarious. They're absolutely yeah. hilarious. I love it like oh, that. Oh man. And we turn the page and we get we find out what Silver Ale is, folks. Hmm. It's basically uh, beer. Beer. Yay. Yeah, yeah, beer. beer. <laughs> and we, we have a guest appearance there by Dartalon from The Wanderers in that fourth panel on that page. <laughs> yes. And I don't think we see him again, but hey, <laughs> hmm. Silver Ale, dude, it's cool. It's a Courtney okay. Fest. It is a Courtney Fest, exactly. <laughs> I, I just uh, realized something that on the... Uh, Two pages back, page six. Whoever the those the assassins are working for, that is totally like the Terminator. <laughs> the the picture from the the cover of the first Terminator movie. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, You're absolutely correct. <laughs> oh, this God. is also where we were getting the different um, curses showing up. So they especially they said we, we you know they were trying to get different curses into the speech patterns of the different planets. He says, we probably did better with Rimbor than any other planet with exclamations (laughs) such as sweet liberty and bloody grife. He says, I have, have, (laughs) he said, uh, he said, I have mixed emotions when I see it in Legion comics that followed us. The grife became kind of an all purpose swear word when we actually used it exclusively for people from Rimbor. Mm. I've said grife before at work. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I actually, I substitute curse words at work with legion curse words at work because it's completely safe <laughs> yeah totally. you just have to pr- make sure you pronounce the n in nas and the k <laughs> on frack you know it's kind of you gotta yeah be yeah enunciation is very important so Absolutely. we turn the page and we see uh jonah there with a a dark-skinned woman named Ginny, and apparently they are roommates we think could be more, could Imagine be less. We don't know. We don't get to find out, actually. Mm-hmm. And Joe is shaving for some reason. And on the next page, Ginny is assaulted by the two assassins and summarily killed. 
Yeah. Oh dear, she's lying. Touching final gesture of loyalty. How moving. <laughs> oh, mm. moving. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what you need to know. I swear. Oh, indeed, you shall. <laughs> mm. Oops. And I, I love the Scorch. little touches, like uh, like uh, Joe's got his uh, his symbol tattooed to his arm. Um, yeah. You know, and just it reminds me of that that whole thing where he was getting kicked out, and they were going to remove his symbol, and it's like, well, now they can't. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Something about a legion tattoo. Yum. Anyway, <laughs> so the uh, two assassins attempt to. Um, they they've located Kono and Jona. Although their prime directive is Kono, it'd be good to take Joe out as well. So they go downstairs um, underneath the the city block, and you have an idea. To protect themselves, they must know that they're under attack. It only stands to reason. So if we spring a little surprise, do be careful with that power grip, brother. <laughs> One wrong adjustment, the entire block could go up in. Yes. Oh, then you intend to precisely. Oh, goody. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyway, so you turn the page, and we are in space, and there is Lida and Loomis enjoying their cruise um, to Lida's home planet of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. She where she shall. Um, Continue her gestation period and spawn. <laughs> um, speaking of which, we have a, uh, a guest appearance from. It's unclear if that's Telus or not. We're assuming it's not because Telus and Lita don't interact at all. But there is a High Crayon talking to a Protean on the mm-hmm. sixth panel. Yeah, uh, that's kind of interesting. Nod to the alien members of the Legion. Yeah, yeah, the, the most alien looking at least. Mm-hmm. And and around this time, the Proteans are kind of. <laughs> up to something, but we don't know that yet. Oh, right. No, yes. we don't know that yet. No. Well, the Proteans, you know, in the Baxter run, towards the end, the Proteans were, <laughs> it's a spoiler, whatever. <laughs> Rosebud was a sled, okay? So, Damn. Don't you like that? Yeah, bring it. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, the Proteans were trying to get equal rights because they were viewed as pets. Like, no, no, we're sentient beings. We should mm. have the same rights as you. Wow, this sounds like a parallel to something going on with me. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, you know, where, you know, eventually you play Professor X long enough and you switch to Magneto's team. There you right? go. You know, it's funny, this whole thing with the Proteans is is what it also reminds me of is the, um, in uh, Harry Potter with uh, Dobby. What was it? Oh, yeah, the house elves. Yeah, the house elves. Yeah, the house elves yep. and, the, and their whole sort of, you know, that that's it, that very much reminds me of this. I think she totally ripped off the Legion. <laughs> Could be. Well, uh, as well as Books of Magic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Can I tell you something? Just, just mm. to take a quick tangent again. I had a friend over last night for Thanksgiving <laughs> about some, some of the uh, quick, easy graphic novels to read on the on the coffee table while mm-hmm. I was cooking. And um, this guy had never picked up a DC comic before in his life, picked up History of the DC Universe, the Wolfman oh, yeah. Perez version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He That's got awesome. to about the 12th page and said to me, Darren, this makes no sense. And then I looked at him and I said, you should have seen it before they published that. So <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so um, the block containing Joe and Kono blows up. Boom! And this is as close to a splash page as we're going to get. And it's still got the grid. Nine (laughs) grids. Yeah, totally. Nine grid panel. And Mm. do you guys have the poster? Oh, yeah. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. (laughs) Oh, man. And do you know... Wes Craven's greatest movie ever. At 6.45 a.m., mass murderer Horace Pinker was put to death. 
now he's really mad. Mm. Uh, I remember that and, and that's, of course, <laughs> Skinner from uh, The X-Files. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's Mitch Pileggi, yeah. <laughs> and that's and you had, uh, so Michael Murphy, Peter Berg, uh, Cammy Cooper, Mitch, yeah, Mitch Pileggi. Good old Mitch Pileggi. <laughs> <And> Peter Berg. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So the, uh, the two uh, assassins are very proud of their work. I must say I found that to be exhilarating. Yes, exhilarating is the word <laughs> and effective beyond doubt. Still, mm. it couldn't Still, hurt to scan for survivors. Yeah. So they're going through their thing, and they they find us two survivors, two life signs. Of course, it would be Joe and Kono. All of a sudden, boom! Dude's head goes up on fire. Oh dear! Oh dear! Yeah, yeah things have changed. <laughs> Your head seems Ultra to be Boy, a flame. Yeah, I must put this out. <laughs> Joe never used to light villains' heads on fire. Not well, a tactic you would see Ultra Boy use. And here's here's a couple of great things, right? Is is because they say, you know, so so you did survive, and he says that's why they call it invulnerability, pal. <laughs> and and you know, there's that whole thing, you know, we've joked about the whole idea of of you know why do they ever not have their flight rings on, right? Um, but but in this exactly. case, it's like uh, he says, how did you how did you know to use it? And he says, I don't drop it needlessly. But and, and and the idea is like basically, <laughs> hey, that ultra energy is supposed to be giving me one power or the other, so it may as well be giving me the best defensive. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. power um you know and uh that's the default setting yeah, yeah. exactly exactly if you're gonna leave it somewhere that's a good spot <laughs> yeah seriously because leaving it on flash vision doesn't work <laughs> not so useful no no not really and uh, oh god sorry the assassins confessed to killing 172 people to get to the two they were after and of course 127 so- you dyslexic bastard Am I? <laughs> Dyslexic yeah. untie. Oh, dyslexia boy. Hmm. <laughs> I could be that too. So where are we? I don't know. I'm, reading, I'm reading the book backwards now, apparently. So <laughs> Joe and uh, the assassin scrap a little bit, and he pulls a bowl of what looks like hot and sour soup on top of his head. <laughs> you could be wrong about that. <laughs> I thought it was his guts for first of all, but it's really dinner. And then he looks at the other assassin and says, bring it, bring it, bitch. <laughs> and uh, Kono apparently sunk through um, the ground to get somewhere safe during the explosion. That was nice of her. Like you do. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, one of the assassins um, finds her. <laughs> I love it. says, primary target, little old me. It's like Rogue is talking through her right now. <laughs> Very frightening. <laughs> 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 and so Kono pulls one of her tricks and takes the mass out of the ground below the assassin, causing the assassin to sink into the ground. <laughs> and she says, when I put it back, you won't know where the ground begins and you end. But hey, if I'm even in the neighborhood again, I'll try to dig you up. <laughs> okay, so Kono kills. We, we got that because mm-hmm. there's no Arab down there. So, And then, of course, the other one ambushes her and she dematerializes through him. Yeah, and Ultra Boy shows up and Flash visions the other um, assassin, and he kills him. Wow, there's just an interesting Agent thing. Code back- be damned, eh? On page sixteen, we've got um, <clears throat> we've got a bag with a smiley button on it, and uh, because yeah. the button's sort of upside down, it has very much a, a Watchman look, but it's actually sticking its tongue out, which is just <laughs> you know that's that's Kono all over basically. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. 
and one of her favorite sayings, bulls and jackasses, when she's talking about men. <laughs> <laughs> now, now um, thinking of Kono, basically this was a character that Mary Bearbaum had created, and so uh, Keith immediately worked her into a key role. Uh, Beerbaum says that some people saw her as an intended replacement for Tinya, but that was never our intention. Mary thought of an interesting power that happened to have some similarities to Tinya's, and I think Keith just coincidentally put her on Rimbor as a shady Sklarian pirate type. She was a natural for Joe's band of smugglers, and her uppity feminist point of view worked well with Joe, who was a very formidable male, but also someone who had no trouble getting along with very assertive women. Um, so when Mary initially came up with Kono, I don't think we had the slightest hint that she'd be teamed initially with Joe. So there you go. But it makes complete sense. Oh, because, it, it's perfect fit. Uh, you have you have to argue that Kono and Tinya share personality traits as well as power traits. So yeah, yeah. that that ultra feminist and can keep Joe in his place <laughs> comes exactly. in very handy. Yeah. And we turn the page and we see the lovely Siobhan Aaron looking strapping in a black bikini <laughs> in panel six. Did and, you say strapping? Um, strapping, I did. Mm-hmm. I said strapping, and we'll find out later around issue number 30 what I mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there are flowers and a love note. Siobhan, I live for the day when you're mine, my beauty, Dirk. Yeah. Cheese monkey. Apparently, Night Girl's not the only stalker. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she has legs. (laughs) Yeah. That she does, anyway. Mm. Among other And apparently, she has a pet named Booper. (laughs) (laughs) Who looks like the Daggett from uh, the old, the original. um... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was, I couldn't think of what what that thing was called, but the end credits of Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) I got the strangest feeling that the boofer was a sex bot of some sort. (laughs) Could be. Could be. You never know. Yeah, seriously. People could very well be. So (laughs) turning the the page right there, we see a, a new villain S sort of character, Cersei who's apparently investigating Siobhan Aaron to see if there's any dirt on her. And, of course, Siobhan hmm. is clean as crystal. We love that. Okay, and here's, and then, here's where we this get... This is where things get a little twisted. <laughs> yeah, now now this this actually has... Uh, there's there's a list of names here of um, of, of basically some of the, uh, the EarthGov uh, subversives, as it were. Um, so Feliz Alana is the daughter of a WAPA uh, member, Joe Felice. That his daughter's name was Alana. Um, Lee Mac Allen was named after uh, David McClellan, who was a WAPA guy. Um, Hassan um, was named after, after Hassan Youssef, who was a, a, a member of Interlac. Uh, Kat Anastopolo uh, was the literal name of another member of, uh, of Interlac. Uh, Susie mm. Abzinski was Joe Felice's wife. Um, he said, whose actual last name I'd badly misspell if I tried here. Uh, <laughs> D. Spengler Bonita was D. Spengler, who was the sister of WAPA member Grace Spengler. Ard Bensam was named after a, a, a Richard Bensam of Interlac. Um, and he says, they messed up the panel, by the way. It was supposed to in some way highlight the names 
Breck Bannon and Raoul Benham, showing that the only subversives that, that Schwamm was actually in contact with were various ex-legionnaires and ex-subs. Searcy mm. was hoping to find evidence that Schwamm was actively involved with anti-EarthGov subversion, but all the list showed was the obvious fact that Schwamm knew certain Legion-related people who were now labeled subversives. Schwamm was, in fact, secretly involved in the, re- the resistance movement, but wasn't going to be caught openly... Uh, associating with other known subversives. Cersei was going to have to work a lot harder than that to nail Schwann. Yeah, here, here. So you you can do like I did and get your highlighter and just highlight Breck Bannon and Ralph Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Your, your, your issue will be the same as, as intended. There you go. <laughs> what, what I, I find for key here is Cersei's practically naked talking to the, the probe. Yeah, and she has the rank of commander. And she's and also she's, smoking some hash or something there too. Yeah, she's smoking something in that pipe. She's got Brainiac's pipe. <laughs> yes. She reminds me of she reminds me of Servalon from Blake Seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can the, see that. The uh, really rigid woman in charge who uses the sex appeal because then she puts on her outfit and which looks remarkably like a science police outfit that Siobhan took off to take a bath and a red wig, which looks an awful lot like Siobhan's hair. Mm. Very much. And, and of course, then look who she's with, right? Dirk. Yeah. Ugh. Right. Are you so, creepy? Do so, you need a shower after this page? Could, could that did. be any creepier? It's, it's like, you know, hey, you know, you're not exactly who it is I want, but if you wear this wig, you'll look a lot like her. Uh-huh. If you can't be with the one you love. <laughs> Love the one you win. Amen. <laughs> um, they also list here um, on the Science Police Service record for um, – uh, Siobhan, that she had won the uh, Andrew Nolan Fellow of Valor. Yay. It's so. nice to know Feral Lad is still around in some form or another. Exactly. Exactly. And then we get to um, Kono makes it back to the uh, the pirates and she discovers that Ginny um, was killed. And there, she's like, no, no, Joe's okay. He just went back for something. And turns out Joe went back for a piece of Legion memorabilia. Mm which says LLL Rock, R-O-K-K. So yeah. it's like, aww. He I've is sentimental. Always, I've always I been like kind of thinking... Oh, sorry, Scott. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I've always been kind of kind of confused about this, whether that was something he, he'd had or it was something that Rock had planted on Rimbor because it had stated that he was probably already there. <sighs> It's it's hard I think to it's say. Something that he gave him. I like to think it's a piece of the old clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I th- I think that there's there's it, there's it, this is you know. Th- th- I think it, this is sentimental. It, totally, value. totally. Okay. And um, you That's know, that's why so, he's looking for it. Exactly, and it's it's a little bit of of the past that he where where you know basically it's it's just mm. when when you look at his, at his story overall, basically he's lost everything again. Yeah. Oh. Right, so we don't know that quite yet. We're about to find out. We're about so. to find. We're we're going to find out by the end of the tech. Well, we've we've been they've dropped some some pretty big hints earlier on. True. You know, he, they were going to get the married, and all of a sudden, there without Phantom Girl. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know the the Legion broke broke down. So so he, so he's lost that. You know, he's he's basic, and and now his you know the entire city block in which he lived. Um, you know the the girl that he was with in some way or another. 
everything gone just that's it you know and uh and and he's walking oh. away with you know from rubble again you know this is mm. a common thing that we're seeing in this is just the uh the devastation of um uh, you know of of, of, of every, you know basically anything to do with the legion it's like it's like everything's being being flattened leveled destroyed and uh and they need to dig themselves out of that so they can raise themselves up and if that is a if that is a piece of the old Legion clubhouse, that's a part of Fortress Lad's butt. <laughs> he he had a long lived he had a long lived Legion tattoo on his ass, did he? <laughs> nice. Why he had rock why he had rock tattooed on his ass, I'm not sure, but oh. <laughs> probably don't want to know. Foundational oh. memory, I guess. Yeah. He's got it tattooed right on his foundations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all are being mean to Fortress Lad. Poor Let Fortress Lad. Lie there. <laughs> Will he ever win? No, no, he won't. And we turn the next page, and at the end, we get the black backgrounds again. So we know we're talking to the bad guy here. Mm-hmm. Ooh, scary. Well, it's very scary because we can't tell if he's talking to himself. <laughs> or there are five bad guys talking to each other. But then there's one guy at the end of it who looks really like the Joker on acid. Yeah. Again, 1989. <laughs> uh. yeah. he, he, he reminds me of, have you guys seen the original, uh, the British version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the TV series? Yes. The, uh, the announcer guy at uh, Millaway's, the restaurant at the end of the universe. Totally. Totally. He's got does. the same, that's it, that same lipstick, the, the same sort of, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because fancy it, boy uh, dress, right, right around mm. the same time as that came out, I actually had managed to wangle a, a VHS copy of that, and uh, and you know, I was I, I was on a real Hitchhiker's Guide kick right around when this series started, and I and I do remember thinking that at the time. I also mm. think he looks, he has a, a very Patrick McNee look to him. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the funny thing is, where, where I'm where I'm thinking of him as as Patrick McNee is from the uh, the uh, Alistair Sim version of Scrooge, where um, you know because he's because he's just sort of dressed up in that 18th century finery, as it were, yeah, yeah. and uh, or 19th century finery, I guess it would be. Hmm. Um, well, there was yeah. there was an was... old school Star Trek episode where there was a guy who was like completely all powerful, like the precursor to Q, Trelane, and that's who he was, Trelane. Trelane. Yeah. yeah, Trelane. That's who, who he reminded me of. Who, who later Peter David retconned to make a Q. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I always thought he just reminded me of Liberace. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish man. my brother George were here. <laughs> Max but Portal I didn't read that page first, to be honest with you. I read the West Daily Alice's finest. <laughs> Sorry? I said West Alice, Wisconsin's finest. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I, d- I didn't wind up reading that the page with the black backgrounds first because my eyeball went right to the headline of the daily planet. Yeah. Yeah. So search for Wazo ends world's mourn LSH vet. Apparently during the five year gap, Phantom girl was in a uh, cruiser accident traveling from her home planet to earth and it blew up. Mm -hmm. And uh, notice, go ahead. Notice who the, uh, who headed the investigation. Science police officer Devron. Uh-huh. Rune. Yes, Rune Devron. <laughs> and he was. And unfortunately, nobody was found. Mm-hmm. Which, and of course, left the door open for yes. something else. Mm. 
Yes. So. Well, we and and we've already kind of alluded to what happened there, um, but I think that they're going to make put a finer point on it in in a couple of issues. So we'll 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 wait until then. Yeah, we'll um, get to that to, to go into where that's going. But when you look down at the at the bottom here, they uh, giving her she they said she had a chronological age of about thirty two Earth years. Um, so again, just symbolizing you know we've 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 moved further. So that would mean that say during. Um, uh, the magic wars. So yeah, she would have been about 27 then. 27. So that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, considering yeah, exactly. the age and the way they were being portrayed. I, th- I think the real killer <laughs> pun intended a mm. uh, phantom girl's death here is the morale blow to the Legion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I say, she was the fifth Legionnaire behind the three founders and, uh, and Lauren Udergo. So, um, you know, the, the, she was, she was a really big, really big part of the spirit of the Legion. And, um, you know, certainly in the Levitt's realm, we really saw her, uh, her come into her own as well. And, um, yeah. bell bottoms so, are inspiring. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, yeah, we, when we do when we do get to sort of what was going on with her, I want to come back to uh, to what uh, um, uh, Beerbaum has to say about that because it's mm. it's pretty key stuff as far as as far as what they were doing in the run overall. So I'm just going to set my little page of my additional page of notes. <laughs> and make sure that set that's a note in there. <laughs> um, because it, yeah, it's important stuff. It totally is. Well, before we get started with issue three. There is a Johnny DC on the inside. You remember Johnny DC? Yeah. yeah. And the this DC is before checklist. it was a kid's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, the DC checklist is Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Savage, number 16. Mm. Uh, Firestorm, 93, with the finale of the Elemental War. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flash, 34. That would be the Wally West Flash. Mm-hmm. Huntress, number 10. Ooh. Yeah. Justice League of America number 34, which says on Cooey, Cooey, Cooey. Oh, God, I love that issue. <laughs> There's a casino. <laughs> uh, Manhunter 21 and Wonder Woman 38. Mm. Wow. I like that Manhunter series. That was, it was great. It was really yeah, good. Ostrander. Yeah. yeah, it was Ostrander, of course. Um, uh, also, there's in, in in the house ads. They've got one for the Superman Archives Volume One. Ooh, so I'm, I can only yeah. assume that this was the the beginnings of the Archive series. Uh, I believe I believe the Superman Archive was the first. Yeah. So uh, so I, I think that's kind of neat. They talk about this, you know, hardcover, Smithsonian and glued binding, seventy pound archival paper, and uh, it was it was Superman issues one to four, complete from cover to cover. Wow. Completely recol- recolored, yet faithful mm. to the originals. Well, there's a Superboy <laughs> ad. Mm. It's Superboy from the TV show. Oh, God, ad. yes. <laughs> and, and while and Time Masters. <laughs> I love that uh, series. And while it's not mentioned anywhere in this issue, Legion number 10, L-E-G-I-O-N, number yeah. 10 had a cover date of December 89. So... Th- Somebody showed up in issue number nine, which had the same cover date as Legion number one, as number one of this run. So, hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I like we should mention that there was a three-month gap between yeah. the end of the Baxter run and the beginning of the five-year-later run. So yes. there, there was a three-month break between the Baxter to, to give us some time, and I'm assuming to give – Giffen and the beer bombs and, and Al Gordon time to set the stage and get things ready. Yeah. So yeah. If um, they weren't starting on it way before then. So which I'd be surprised if they didn't. So 
One other interesting thing that kind of ties into something that's going on in the DCU right now, uh, Green Lantern Emerald Dawn also had a house ad. Mm-hmm. And that was <laughs> written by Jim Owsley, who, of course, is better known now as Christopher Priest and uh, and uh, with art by Mark Bright. And uh, Oh, and that's so- a throwaway story, Paul. No one needs to read that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Oh, my. Yeah. All right, so we get into issue three, and this one, this <laughs> one for me was a big deal because... Yeah, it um, is a big deal. It's huge. Well, and, 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 and mainly because this brought me back to comics. I hadn't read. I hadn't read it really any. I'd, I'd read the odd scattered issue of uh, of Superman and the Flash uh, here and there, you know, because a buddy of mine had the books lying around, and so I'd I'd picked up a few of those, um, but I hadn't really been collecting. And I'd started started university. I went downtown to uh, to a comic store, and I saw Legion of Superheroes number three, and it's like, ooh, a new series, mm. and it's like, wow, looking at this cover, it doesn't look like it bodes well for Block. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. And so See, I picked I didn't this. Even notice block on the cover at first. Yeah. And, and so I so I picked this up, and it was like uh, it's like yeah, you know, this I've I've definitely got to check this one out. And uh, so so you know at at that point I I picked up that and whatever the and I think around that time was just before Tom Grummet started on Titans. So I think we were just toward the tail end of of Barreto, um, and it was like mm. a Royal Flush Gang issue or something like that. And um, imagine think, that Royal Flush Gang. Yeah, yeah, imagine. And uh, so I'd picked that up, and uh, and so for for a couple of months, the only books I was reading were Legion and and uh, and New Titans. And uh, by the end of that year, the pull list was just crazy, um, because you know this got me into Legion, and then that got me into other stuff, and oh, it was just crazy. Just crazy. So, crazy uh, talk. Crazy talk. So yeah, this this issue, as I say, it was uh, this one was a big deal for me, you know, and and uh, and I sort of credit it for getting me uh, back into into comics in a pretty big way at the time. Um, so of course, you know, basically, let's uh, let's just uh, you know lay down the the big part of it right off the bat. It, it's the issue where you know Block gets it. Hmm. He actually yeah. was not who they originally planned to kill. Um, originally, uh, what uh, what Giffen wanted was to have um, Roxas kill Siobhan Aaron, who we just saw in the last issue, and uh, and the idea being that that that's how you would bring uh, bring Element Lad back into things. But Al Gordon said, you know, no, Siobhan's a great character. Uh, you kill someone else, and so he and so so uh, Giffen said to him, "Come on, think of something else you can do interesting with Siobhan." Huh. And uh, and so the, fir- the first. <laughs> So you can blame Al Gordon. And Any of you who are upset, it's Al Gordon's fault. And so here you go. So so the first thing the first thing that occurred to him was she's a boy. And Keith just loved it. And so that was basically that was sort of the birthing point of that storyline. Um <laughs> And so, so it was like, so who are we gonna have? Well, they they decided that that would be Block. And um, poor Block, poor poor Block. And part <laughs> of it was, you know, a lot of people basically didn't. Uh, they, they said a lot of people didn't like uh, the idea of killing off Block, but but to Beerbaum it seemed a lot more palatable than some of the other possibilities. In in his feeling, you know, Block never really amounted to much. But you know, this is a character that was introduced as a villain. And then he kind of, you know, just came into the group and it was kind of, uh, you know, it was kind of a weird, uh, a real weird turnaround. Um, mm. 
And they said that, you know, he was the kind of nice guy background filler that was uh, that was an important element of the Legion's appeal. But basically, you know, he was he was just background. And um, and so he said, basically, we regretted losing block less than they'd have regretted letting a lot of the other characters that might have bitten the dust in that story. Um, And also, you know, the fact that, you know, he wasn't a a humanoid character. Now, Mm -hmm. he wasn't the only one that was supposed to die in this issue. Ron Vidar was also meant to die. Um, in this case, uh, and so basically he was, you know, the, uh, he was going to be eaten alive on page two. Um, mm. In this case, uh, Mary, Mary Beerbaum protested and got Keith to, to relent. So it turned out that, uh, well, well, we'll get to exactly sort of what was going on with him. But uh, this worked out very well for Ron. Because he went from being about to be killed off to later, you know, getting the, uh, the, the hot Daxamite. So, um so yes, he, he you know he kind of turned around here. So okay, so we start off uh, with just kind of checking around, and so we we've got sort of reports from the different probes uh, uh, out and about here, and, and that's disturbing. A little bit, you know, because then you start you start to think, well, what's what is the deal with these with these probes? So um, we uh, see. Can I, go ahead. Sorry, can I can I jump in here for a second? Oh, absolutely. Over the over the last week, uh, I. Uh, Went to my local video store and they were getting rid of a whole bunch of VHS movies. So I picked up a couple. One of them was Street Fighter II, the animated movie. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it really actually wasn't bad. Yeah. And uh, uh. One, of the, one of the story points of it is that the, uh, the Shadowloo, the bad guys, have these probe uh, cyborgs that go around, you know, basically uh, stalking all the best Street Fighters in the world. Oh, and, man. You know, gauging their, uh, you know, abilities and all that stuff and sending the info back to the bad guy. So that's what this reminds oh, me of. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it also a plot point on, on Glee? <laughs> what? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> the uh, the, uh, the uh, Jane Lynch character is selling information to rival schools. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Did you just pull a, a Glee reference? <laughs> yes. It's a great show. Yeah, it wow. Is. <laughs> wow. Yep, that's another punch in your homo card right there. <laughs> uh, chunk. Oh, my. All right. That's like the, uh, more and a homo gets his wings, okay? <laughs> uh, Sorry, Scott, what were you going to say? I, said, I was kind of confused for a minute there when I read this first page and like, what are the Rocket Reds doing here? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, totally. That's the yeah. Rocket Reds of Xanthu. <laughs> yeah, like, wow. They're battling the blue beetles of Big Dissolve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, we, we, get the, we get them doing the rounds. So we see, uh, we see, and what we can sort of glean from this, right, um, is that um, Nura, Dream Girl, is, the, is now the high seer of Naltor. Um, we see that uh, we just see with the Dirk the, with the Dirk Morgna um, uh, vid tap that uh, they say Universal is your problem, not ours. And this is uh, talking to uh, to a, a Dominator, and you think, ooh, Dominators, like that's that's serious business at this that's point. Serious, you yeah. know, because this we we've just come out at, at this point in uh, in DC continuity, we had just come out of Invasion, and oh, um, yes, yes. <laughs> And, oh wait, uh, there's there's a joke in here that's just incredible that's coming up. I don't. I really liked Invasion. Invasion was not bad. Yeah. Seriously, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed the hell out of it. 
The um, it was eighty-five issues shorter than Secret Invasion, so I'll take it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. uh, then we we see the probe on Trom with the little, with the uh, with the little monuments there, and we'll get into more of what those are later on. Um, on Shangala, which of course is the uh, the graveyard planet, uh, Vidtap Largand. This is all in black, and we see little tiny word balloons that. Mm. I don't mm. think they're actually meant to be letters. You know, it's, uh, I think yeah. it's, I it think it's it, awakened. Oh yeah. 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 And I thought father, is that what I'm seeing down there? Yeah. Father, yeah. 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 Like. yeah. yeah. Uh, aside from that, I think it's exactly what, uh, what Mary Jane said to Mephisto in one more day. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, vid, uh, vid tap for Dawnstar. Dawnstar. Teach you to mind your own business. You're red witch. Oh. <laughs> Racism uh, alive and well. Indeed, in indeed. Um, <laughs> Yay. Um, Breck Bannon receives uh, receives correspondence on his uh, on his smartphone. Apparently, uh, dear Mister Convict Bannon, how many times, Mister Bannon, have you said to yourself, "Gee, I wish I could just let that alarm clock ring in the morning and forget my dreary job." Of course, you know he's in jail, so. I think he would love to, you know, forget what he's doing. Tom Callor. See, they did have spam. Mm. They still yes, have yeah. spam in the 30th century. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tom Callor, um, it says, but coach, they're going to dog on this pitch. And um, yes, he seems to be coaching the Rocket Reds. <laughs> um, mm. On vid tap for Quirrell Docs. There are more th- important things than the health of a solitary child, Quirrell. Mm. <laughs> this is going to be very important. Yep. Um, on the planet, <laughs> on the planet Rimbor, you've got uh, Reap Daggle, and you see him walking along with with rocks. So yes, they are on Rimbor. Um, and he says, "Well, we can't wander around on this pit forever, Cam. If you have ever have any intention of bringing together, you know, so again, you know, the whole bringing together thing, and we see all these probes together." So Paul, one one thing before we skip the page, yeah, that second panel where the Dominator is, the woman he's talking to, yeah. I believe that might be either Cersei with a different wig or okay. actual Taylor, Taylor Wellington. That's who I yeah. thought it was. was yeah, I've always her. thought it was actually yeah. President okay. Wellington. So the, the fact that the Dominators and the President of Earth are that close, that's not good juju, folks. That's exactly. Juju. And, and here's where we get some other problems coming out because we see all these probes standing there saying, I live to serve my master. I live to serve my master. I am his eyes. I am his ears. <laughs> to him I deliver the essence of his enemies. <laughs> And uh, and we realize that the emperor that they're talking about is Mordred. Mm. And um, and so then we see uh, we see in the in this pit we've got this beastie that's um, that's uh, you know you see all these bones and it's clearly eating flesh and you see this guy with his um, with his mouth you know his mouth has been made to disappear and. Um, and this and uh, this was the thing that changed. He was supposed to die here, but what they decided instead was, hey, let's have him being eaten over and over and again. over and over again, like Prometheus. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. And so he says, "I have a little wager with the High Chancellor. I say she devours this lad another ten times before she's sated." He says, "I'm mm. afraid that the uh, good Chancellor has always been a fool at his wagers." And so, yeah, then then they they drop that. Yes, this is Rond Vidar, and uh, and there's the Green Lantern ring. And he says, you know, and, and so Mordru is basically saying, you know, so certain some little trinket can overcome all. <laughs> and um, um, so he and he basically crushes the Green Lantern ring. And um, and so then this is where basically the probe lets Mordru know that, hey, the Legion is getting back together. 
Um, I gotta say, I rag on uh, Mordru a lot, but uh, he's actually pretty cool in this one. Yeah, he yeah, is. yeah. 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 Y- you know, you get it, the idea that he is very powerful here and very scary and not to be trifled with at all, even though he looks kind of like Santa Claus with the long mm. hair. He's he's always come off so goofy, um, and and it's funny because like when you look on that on that page, right? He looks very old man, right? Like I mean, he looks, you know, he seems more. Um, like at the top, you know, he seems like, you know, yeah, the Santa Claus thing actually really does tie in, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But, but. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Mordrew's coming down your chimney. Yeah. Oh, mm. man. But, but, you know, he, yeah, you're right. It is. It, he really, it, I think they really had Mordrew live up to his, uh, live up to his potential in, uh, in this, in, in this series for sure. Um, they so, actually had me at one, one word balloon where Mordrew says, she simply never tires of human flesh. As the spirits know, I can only take so much myself. Yeah, seriously. Uh, oh, that dude's badass. <laughs> yeah, it's an acquired taste. Yeah, I guess. So, so here's something though. Um, um, we get over to Winneth, and they're talking about um, an asteroid that has, you know, somehow just got up and walked across the galaxy, and this shipment's dead in the water. Imra will have kittens, um, and and we learn that basically, Mechdrans, mm. Lightning Lord, has uh, has has calmed down. He's uh, he seems to have gone uh, on onto the straight and narrow, and is is working with his brother Garth on on the uh, plant on the family pan- plantation. Um, Prozac's a hell of a drug. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, so they talk. You know, basically, it just sort of really gives us a, a big setup as to to what's going on with with Mech and how that's changed. Then we get to um, uh, the the Mech uh, family plantation here and. I'm not sure what the toy is that um, isn't that Dagon, the Avenger or whatever that uh, the toy that he's playing with, or or was that another Legion villain? I can't remember. It's hard to tell. Um, he Green does have guy a guy with. It could yeah. be Dagon. And that's that's what seems to occur to me, and, and maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, anyway, I'm so thirty times. Looking it up quick. Looking this. Perfect. Here. It looks a, it looks a lot like him, except his. His horns are a little different. Yeah, yeah. But... Kind of looks like an acroyer is, is the other thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, he's got a bouncing boy beach ball right behind him. Um, and Imra is just finding out about the uh, this asteroid disappearing. Um, and Graham is bored. And this is, of course, one <laughs> of the Rand's twins. Um, and we see, like, there's a little, uh, a little fortress lad... Uh, uh, things set up there as well, and That's the uh, Bowen Design statue of uh, <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's still got it going on then. Um, so Imra's like basically she's finding out all this stuff, and um, and she actually repeats the uh, the little mantra that uh, that uh, Mech uh, drops on uh, on Garth at the beginning: "All grows in sunshine, wilts in worry," and. Mm. Uh, it's a very uh, mom pa Kent thing to say. Oh, very much, absolutely. So, anyway, it looks like um, it looks like uh, like Imra has has let herself go in the same way that Lida had let herself go. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, she, she's a little preggers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we see lots of uh, pictures of uh, you know the Legion. We see a picture of of Chameleon Boy, a picture of Brainy. Uh, there's a picture of the uh, of the early Levitt's era clubhouse. So like the uh, what uh, when did that one come in? Sort of uh, end of adventure comics through to uh, through basically to almost to the Baxter series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, then we uh, we move outside and we see Vi and Ayla romping through the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Their little loincloths. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's there's not much much need for clothing on uh, on Winneth apparently, and so she says, you know, you're not going to believe this, and she says, I'm not sure I believe anything about Winneth. We only dream <clears> about this kind of Spradoninsk. So uh, so she takes her through, and basically it's all of the um, the Legion statues, the the dead Legion statues, and so they have them out here in the woods, and basically Garth bought them when EarthGov shot shut down the old Legion HQ. So you see the. Um, you see, you see the, the one that they accidentally left in there. Mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. that. They snuck it in there. <laughs> I love that. I think that mm-hmm. is so awesome. Um, yeah. So basically you've got, you know, you've got uh, invisible kids. You've got, um, you know, one of the, the triplicate girl bodies. You've got uh, uh, feral lad and, and Superboy. Of course, Superboy's in the shadows. And I love that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, it, as of right now, they just got through that whole, well, I mean, five years earlier, they just got through the whole pocket universe thing, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. So I they mean, still it, knew about him. They still remembered about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, and that was only like, what, that, that was like 87 or yeah. 88. I, I was yeah. talking forbidden from an editorial standpoint. Oh, from, well, yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Because remember the whole back and forth about the Fortress Lad story, right? Yeah. You, the you burn know. edict of no mm. Superman in my Legion story. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh, well, there he is. Have a nice day. Yeah, and mm. so uh, she talks about uh, Ayla talks about how uh, she had this recurring nightmare, nightmare all all through your damn war. I can't, I dreamt that I'd come out and find your statue, and uh, and so uh, so you know this is where we start to see that there's the, you know there's it's a very deep friendship between Ayla and Vi. Mm. We'll see we'll see it's more of that. It's more than that. Of course it is. Of course it is. But, but this is you know they're, they're, this is where they're, they're kind of, you know this is where we're first starting to get the to get the feeling of what's going on with that. Um, and this is where the pizza boy comes in. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, then they come to this uh, to this sort of eternal flame thing going on, and they say, unfortunately, the list goes on, and these are the the legionnaires for whom they didn't have a chance to make a statue, and so yeah. that's Paul Crin, of course, Magnetic Lad, um, uh, Monel, and Tinuazo. Which tells you that this stuff happened really quickly. Then after the the Magic Wars. Either yes. they didn't have the materials for a statue. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just never got around to it. One of the two. Exactly. So th- then we end up on Rimbor and um, we're in the cantina. So. So here we have um, basically it's it's uh, Rock and Cam having having some drinks uh, in this bar, you know, waiting for someone to show up. Uh, we see in the background on panel four, it looks like Brute from the Omega Men. And uh, talking to to what looks like a, a Mohawk uh, Kaluan, and um, so so they said, you know, maybe if Joe's mixed up with this kind of sleaze, maybe he's a little too far gone. Well, then Chewbacca shows up behind Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Says, uh, I think we've, I think I've made a friend here. He wants us to follow him. What do we do? He says, follow him. <laughs> you know, remember, it's a, it's a dive full gonna- of. What's the quote from Star Wars? A, die, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. There you <laughs> nice. go. Oh, that's Rimbor. That's the whole damn planet. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So, so they follow. Uh, they follow Chewie because you always let the Wookiee win. Yes. And um, and he says, you know, he says, did it ever? He says, uh, follow him. And he says, well, some plan. He says, you want to find Joe, don't you? He says, ever dawn on you that Bigfoot here might be just looking to mug a rich Durlin? 
Mm. And then we see that this conversation is being played back to Mordru through one of the probes. And it says, mm. he says, perhaps, but we rich Durlins aren't so easily mugged, you know. And that's one of the things about the series that's very difficult sometimes to follow is the art is so stylized. Yeah. You have to remember, Mordru's the guy with the white hair and the purple robe because you really can't tell who that is right there. Because everybody's the faces. Candle and everything. Everything's masked in a way. So this, was a th this was an issue a lot of people had with this, with this Giffen style at the time was, was you have the, the, the brow and then the rest of the face covered in shadow. <laughs> and um, and th and that was a very common uh, thing that he went to, and you know we saw it on Rock on that previous page, and then we see it on uh, on uh, Mordru here. Um, so so basically they're 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 log they're logging them. You know we can see that yes, it's a Brawlium with no magnetic abilities and a Durlin. Um, and so so uh, Joe talks about how he says yeah you know you know everyone's kind of we thought you were making up all this all that Legion stuff Joe and he says hey I used to hang out with the real big shots. We'd uh, man we'd had those stuffed goons from Silver Ale Limited doing the Tacron Galtos mm. shuffle. Um, <laughs> which is a, a, a close neighbor of the Curly Shuffle, in fact. Thank you. Um, yes, yes. As to close to the, the, the Chicago Bears Shuffle. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, um, I went there. Um, anyway, so he says, I wasn't born running this smuggling thing, you know. And they said, but an ex, but ex-legionnaires, they'll attach, un, they'll attract undue attention. And he says, relax. He says, if anybody knows how to uh, sneak around unnoticed, it's that Derlin. I learned espionage from him. Um so basically, again, this whole thing's sort of going, and uh, and we we actually don't see the reunion of of Camrock and uh, and Joe. We hear it uh, from Mordru's perspective as he's listening to the probe, and mm. um, and and I love this, you know, Camrock, will you look at you? Hey, not with the hugs. Come on, no ultra strength. Come on, Joe, no ultra strength. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It's great to see you. So. Um, then we're back on Earth, and we see the Dominators talking here, and they're talking about this dangerous killer, and that's why they chose him. And um, yeah, if you'll notice, the the panel and the lettering matches the last page of issue one. Yeah, yeah, for exactly. one side of that conversation. So exactly. there you go. Now you so, know who hired them. You paying attention? <laughs> this, this series required you to pay attention to something as what we would consider pretty mundane as lettering. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day. They, yeah, the Avengers sometimes Whoa. change. What was that? That was weird. Um, <laughs> the Avengers would sometimes change Thor's font. Yes. You know, and in the Legion, the, the White Witch would always speak with a pink bubble around. <laughs> you know, it's like the, very rarely did characters get special bubbles or, or fonts, but here it's it's a telltale sign. Absolutely, so. and and this is you know this is it's that's kind of a Todd Klein thing as well, right? It's. Uh, um, you know, he really, he, he, he was always really big on that kind of thing. So, um, anyway, so they talk about how, you know, yeah, this guy, he's, he's kind of nuts and, and there's, there's some issues because we've got these ex-legionnaires on Winif that are all together. And then we got the ones on, on Rimbor. What if they all get together? Um, and so they said, well, you know, we need to, uh, shatter their fragile morale at this critical point. And he said, by the only God, we've waited a millennium to seize this world, Cast Brother. That's and the it, joke. That's, that's yeah. of course, the invasion uh, thing. And it's kind of funny that he does say millennium because that was the event just before the invasion. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you mean secret invasion? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. We're so old. Um, 
so he says how they're, they're not going to risk exposing their presence, et cetera, et cetera. So they say they want to find out what this what this, this agent is capable of. So we see him on uh, on this planet, which we saw way back when. This is the puppet planetoid that we saw. Uh, I can't remember which adv- which issue of adventure it was, but um, but it's a story that we, it's one of those early stories that we did. I think it was in the first or second showcase. First, I think it was, it was the first was, first yeah. showcase. It's yeah. very early on. So uh, the, you know this whole puppet planetoid thing. So that's kind of neat. Um, and we see that you know it's it's this whole thing with Roxas and these these different voices uh, talking you know talking to him, you know, all the voices in his head. Um, mm. And they find uh, and and so you've got all the all the puppets. Except we really like, don't know who he is until the next page, you know. No, exactly, because he looks very different, and, um, and it's kind of interesting just thinking of of what we saw recently in Adventure Comics Four. Um, you know that whole sort of changing style of 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 block's body but uh, but they talk about the legend has it the behemoth children from some other realm once toyed with their puppets here there's another star trek kind of reference as well isn't it okay. um it says i suppose it's a very good comparison except that i don't need strings to control my play thing and this one isn't made of wood um so they said about how he's it, this is his way of seeking out the secrets that died out with his race um he's the only survivor an entire race dead except for him and um and so basically, he says, our friends have had four years to develop anti-Legion weaponry. This will do the job all right. And um, so there's a, there's an explosion, and and uh, and he, he asks, you know, he says, you know, who disturbs me? And we realize, of course, that this is Block. And uh, and he says, it is I, Roxas, the butcher, a genocide is specialty. <laughs> and uh, and if, and just in case he didn't know. Um, Block gives us the little bit of exposition. Roxas, Legion history, Trom, you're the one. Exterminate the entire Trollmite race, except for Janara. And um, and so basically, yes, once again, he uh, he you know he blows up real good. And uh, he says, "I'm a kind soul. I'll try to make this brief." And um, and so we see him. Um, we see Block as we used to know him. You know, with the. <laughs> The pants, good God, the pants, mm-hmm. um, the the Legion, uh, the Legion of Superheroes three hundred era pants that he wore, um, his quote unquote looking new very costume. Easter Island, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so we have him on there, and he's on he's on Dryad, and he says the beauty I thirst for, the truths that tantalize me, and uh, we see Strata. Of course, this is him having a flashback. Exactly, exactly. I don't know if it's a flashback or an out of body experience. Really, it it so. seems to me. You know, let's let's think about this uh, with Strata. Strata was, of course, uh, uh, someone that we knew from uh, from Legion, and uh, and and you know, she had the more crystalline uh, look, but we knew that she was a dryad. Um, so she says, we are truly brother and sister block. I, the last female, you, the last uh, male. So, yeah, I, I wonder how much of this is sort of him sort of seeing that idealized version of himself um, in, in this. In, and this is kind of the way that he that he passes on, essentially. And um, and so they talk about the whole journey and the steps of eternity and uh, and. Um, you know whether or not he's ready to to take the next step, and uh, and you know what our race was and what they will be, and and he goes he goes through, and uh, and we have lost block, mm. um, and the uh, the dominators though quite impressed with the with the job that he's done, um, so we head back to uh, science police headquarters and they've got the tape and uh, and Siobhan is watching it. 
Now, the interesting thing here is this was kind of an ironic touch, right? Because originally, Schwamm was supposed to be the one that died. And so it was one of those things where... Um, um, where he actually, where you know, Beerbaum looked at it. At this is a scene of uh, Schwan herself mourning Brock's mm. demise. Probably our, an ironic touch on Keith's part. I think mm-hmm. that the, the scene is pretty effective, showing I hope someone reacting the way they would truly react if a gentle soul like Block was murdered so callously, and as a consequence of evil, manipulative government. So uh, we we uh, we end up with this. You know, this just. You know this, this, this really, uh, this really has her going. But she says, uh, she says she needs to uh, to get the transmission through. She's got to let the net know. Um, you know they've they've got to know. Sometimes I, w- you know, and 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 she says, you know, but it's all worth it. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. So then we well, we Block was the sweet guy. I mean, Block absolutely. Was not, you know, he wasn't the soul of the legion like Cosmic Boy was, but he was, you know, a gentle soul who had yeah. never hurt anybody. So exactly. okay. Exactly. They picked a good one to kill off to make this uh, a yeah. catalyst for the series, for uh, sure. With, without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, so we Man, end up... What? They, they really blew it in indoctrinating him into the League of Super Assassins then, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he was very... Diff- and, and it's so funny because that was basically Conway retconning himself. Um, <laughs> when Because he... Com- uh, you know, basically we saw the, uh, the League of Super Assassins show up in 252 and 253 and then uh, completely retconned by, uh, by 272 mm. when, uh, when Block was caught in. And at first I thought that that was Levitt's retconning Conway, but then it turns out both stories were written by Conway. <laughs> um, so Vrykos, uh, this is sort of the first time we, we see him or we re- realize who he is anyway. And he's basically Mordru's right-hand man. And um, he's he's the Clytus to Mordru's Ming. Um, <laughs> yeah. Clytus, I'm bored. <laughs> nice. That's exactly <laughs> it. So he says. Uh, so they've got the the probe here as well, and uh, and he says, you know, you need to you need to to listen to this. And uh, he says, you know, he says the curse of wisdom is by the time you attain it, nobody listens to you anymore. So he mm-hmm. asks the uh, the probe to replay a key passage, and um, and so it says, geez, Joe, enough already. I think I hurt something. Hey, come on, Cam Rock, you guys <laughs> have to have a drink. And it turns out he, you know, it's like, no, not there, imbecile, ahead, ahead. Mm. And so he fast forwards and he says, well, I'm sure glad you came to me first. We had no choice, Joe. We've got to go after Misa. Misa, isn't she with Grife? No wonder you came after me. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, hey, this isn't, the, you know, when, when you think of uh, Legion of Three Worlds, where was Misa? On... Uh a sorcerer's world being held prisoner by Mordru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is typically where she is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When in doubt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where's That's where's Mysa? Yeah. Where's Mysa? Kidnapped uh, by Mordru again. Kidnapped by Mordru? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> or in the cafeteria. Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> One or the other. She's not there. Mordru. Yeah, exactly. So Or or hanging out with Evil O. Yeah. So there you see, they mean to test the old man once again. And so uh, so Vryko says, uh, perhaps we should prepare. Yeah, Mr. Forehead guy right there. So <laughs> we're back on. example of that kind of coloring you're talking about, Paul. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. So, well, Vrykos, I don't know that we ever really see his face. And when we do, it's kind of scary, you know, what yeah. we do see yeah. of it. Um, so it says... Uh, we end up back at the um, in the uh, in the hot tub, 
Um, <laughs> apparently, Rock was like, "Yeah, I'm not coming to the hot tub. You know, you guys <laughs> are on your own for that." Um, and they said, he's, "You know, he's married." You know, said, "Well, he was always one to avoid temptation, and now he's a married man with Junior on the way. I suppose if he ever loosened up, he wouldn't be Rock." Um, so, so basically, um, you know, Cam's make you know trying to convince him to uh, to come along with the. Uh, you know, with them to, to join the new Legion. And he says, the only thing I got to worry about is leaving my operation in good shape. And, um, so, you know, he basically starts talking about, yeah, well, maybe I need to make some changes and, uh, and I've got some people who can pretty much run things. Um, and then he talks to them about, you know, maybe we could bring Kono along and, um, and, you know, sure. She's a little on the inexperienced side and maybe she's got a little tendency to get in over her head. And she's made a few mm. one-point landings in her day, that's for mm. sure. He says, but I'm telling you, Cam, with her power, the way she can shift uh, ob- mass between people and objects, anyone who crosses her knows they've been in a scrap. And, uh, you know, we actually see sort of evidence of this as she look- looks, it looks similar to Magno Ball but, uh, that she's playing, but, uh, mm. yeah, I'm not so sure. Um, anyway, so she gets through this, and they talk about the... Um, is it uh she does pride herself on being a pain in the butt like the one like one time the women's shower ran out of hot water so now she has her own way little way of making sure we never forget it and she heads mm. on into the into the men's locker room and uh, this is where we get our first bloody liberty uh, <laughs> um so then we're on on to winneth and uh and there's a package that's arrived it was addressed to your son um, but of course the, um, the Rand's employee here had decided to inspect the package first. And he says, I don't want the whole plantation hysterical about this. Let's keep it between you and me. And there's a little note and it says, dear little Graham, I understand your daddy likes to collect statues of dead heroes. We'll see if you can put this one together and give him a nice surprise. Hugs and kisses, your un- uncle Roxas. Twisted, twisted, Seriously, twisted. that is messed up. And so there's the little bits and pieces of block. And so mm. he says, load a transport for Shangala. He deserves a hero's burial. Um, then yeah, we I land. Guess we should say here, Paul, on that last page, that Kono officially becomes the first five year later legionnaire. Yeah, through yeah. through that talk with Cam and Ultra Boy there. Absolutely, so. absolutely, and that yeah, exactly. So uh, so yeah, the real deal. So then we've got the the dominators just sort of uh, you know tabulating which legionnaires are kicking around where, and so of course we have uh, we have Vi, Ayla, Garth, and Imra on uh, on Winneth, and on Rimbor we've got uh, Cam, Rock, and and Joe, and um, so then they start thinking about you know hey you know maybe maybe this guy wasn't the best. Uh, agent to choose uh you know demented fool he says well as long as he was at it why didn't he just send half of it to rimbor (laughs) you know like why not give them a reason to get together right um foreshadowing yeah totally and he says this Mm. madman threatens to expose everything and uh and so yes the uh they're kind of worried and he says no this is a test of our mastery of humans the ex-legionnaires will never know and the council will never know Mm. you know the idea being that the, the dominators are like yeah i guess we're cutting him loose (laughs) <laughs> and uh and and now he's kind of on his own so we're back on rimbor and uh rock's taking a walk along and uh and he's he's you know starting to feel more positive about things um and um he sings a little bit of here comes the sun it's been a long cold lonely winter and um and says that the galaxy has taken a beating and uh and you know he's basically wandering around and he sees <laughs> this uh this this radiation hazard fence which is of course right around uh, joe's block 
um, you know, just sort of looking at how the area is uh, shaping up after that little tussle. And he says, the stakes are so high, but damn it, we're good. We've got the power and we know what to do with it. Better believe it. We really are going to put it together. And and then you just get a little snippet of a, <laughs> of a letter that he'd written to Lydda that says uh, about, you know, clearly he's talking about Joe being the pirate he always imagined himself to be. <laughs> says, God, Lydda, I miss you already. It's going to be so hard being away from you. But one thing's for sure. It's going to be worth it. Long live the dream. Love, Rock. Yeah, Jonah is Jimmy Buffett. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, we get uh, a couple of the, uh, the text pages. And this kind of gets into what we saw earlier about, um, about um, what uh, what Brainy was working on, where they said about the you know one child kind of thing, and so we get a little bit of a story about uh, what's going on with Imra and Garth on their on their uh, their harvest, you know their whole uh, plantation, and they talk a little bit about that, and it's the lightning ring fields. They they talk uh, you know a bit about sort of what's going on there, and I believe they mention his leg not being what it used to be right yeah he's walking with a cane now oh okay here it is and they talk about it about how basically the validus plague uh that raged uh winneth in 2990 so only only a little while before here um and he says it's somewhat consoling that we caught it early and the disfigurement was pretty minor um and he's got this balloon like pink swelling on his left leg and on the arm that had been artificially regrown in his legion days Hmm. Uh, again another mention to a to a story that we covered a little while back uh-huh. Um, so they talk about the, the great sadness of the Rans' life is the devastation wreaked uh, by that tiny complex bacteria mysteriously carried in the blood of their young son Garadan. few of the thousands who contracted the plague were as lucky as Garth many died and most suffered major disfigurements before the diseases, diseases spread was checked and um, so they, they had actually created the Validus Foundation which is administered by Garth's older brother Mecht um, they say himself evidence of the miracles of modern psychomedical technology. <laughs> no um, under the care of UP rehabilitationists, uh, they'd made this big change. But he says that it was Garth and Nimra. Their love finally got through to me, and the turning point was when I realized the people I was trying the hardest to hurt were the people who loved me the most. Aww. So, so they talk a lot about this whole quarantine thing and how Garden had been in in there, and he's how he's now in great health. And then on the next page, you get this whole thing with uh, with. Uh, Quirrell Docs uh, XD, which I think was basically like Doctor of Everything, um, uh, and and his research paper on on the bacteria which was named Winathococcus validus, and uh, and so Not he talks about that. No, so. no, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, they get into that, and then they talk a little bit about the um, you know Ron Vidar also contributed to uh, to the research with time travel and the validus syndrome. Um, and they talk about the whole thing of, uh, you know, we'll get into more detail when we get into uh, um, into the uh, the Great Darkness stuff. But but basically, yeah, Garadin, a whole lot of Validus stuff going on there. Yeah. And um, then on the last page, you know, it's like you think, oh, the text pages are done, but there's more. There's mm. more. And, and this is clearly, uh, we saw a bit of this when we saw that earlier uh, check-in on, uh, on, on Shangala. Right, and so we say, "Awaken, my son," and you you see these two these voices. Uh, you see two voices, and then you see a third come in. And we've been, you know, this isn't the first, you know we saw this with Roxas as well. So you kind of think this is kind of ominous. Um, so we've got you know the purple balloon, 
we've got uh, the red one and the blue one, and that, and we'll get into sort of what that is as as we as we sort of come to that part of it. So, and that's really in the next issue. Um, but you know, this is a whole thing with you know again th- speaking of things that are common in the uh, in the DCU right now. Arise, arise, <laughs> Margand of Daxum, rise. Um, and yeah, oh, and he's s- not dead again, is he? <laughs> oh, there's a there might be one of him out there somewhere. Yeah, he got uh, he got better. True, 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 true. So uh, yeah, there so technically, is a dead Valor out there? Well, if they choose to acknowledge that, yes. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Thing, things blow up, and the sound of the sound of the explosion is almost the same as Night Girl's planet, Cthulhu, <laughs> and and, uh, and we see that this was the grave of Largand Monel, beloved husband, noble hero. Mm, indeed. Um, we also so get the Black Lantern. He's heading right to Talok Eight. <laughs> exactly. Now we we also get um, the Legion Outpost, uh, the letter column here, and they talk a bit about uh, giving us a bit of the background of you know what happened with the collapse of uh, of the UP. Um, they talk about uh, about the beer bombs uh, at the time thirty three and thirty four respectively. That's Tom and Mary, uh, who live in Long Beach, California, um, who had written a couple of uh, stories in Secret Origins. Um, Elvira's House of Mystery, Wally Wood's Thunder Agents, and the Green Ghost. And they had mm. basically, they, they met each other uh, through their involvement in Inchalak, and that's how they, they got to know Keith Giffen and Mark Wade as well. So, um, yeah, so basically, and it, and it turns out um, they're, they're, uh, Tom's brother Carl was a huge fan of the Legion as well, and that, that, that that's kind of what got him into the Legion. And... Um, mm. So they get into a couple of their favorite um, characters. Uh, Mary holds a, a place in her heart for the Swam and Cochrane issues. Uh, Tom's favorite characters have been Mad Reader Lad and Ultra Boy, and Mary's have been Monel, Devam, and Saturn Girl. Uh, Tom's favorite Legion story uh, was the Adventure 350 to 351's Devil's Dozen Caper, and Mary's <laughs> 352 to 353's Fatal Five and Sunny to Epic. Oh, with that Devil's <laughs> Dozen. <laughs> There are and only then five of them. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, the, the editor, Mark Wade, uh, the Legion's new editor, was rocketed to Earth from the Doom Planet Krypton. En route, his superpowers were permanently robbed by exposure to green kryptonite, and his parents have never told him the truth behind his own origin, insisting that he was not adopted. His turn-ons include hot chocolate by the fire, bearskin rugs, and crisp fall days. His turn-offs yeah, are rude I need people. To hear about Mark Wade's turn-ons, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm disturbed. You know you did. Wow. He says his favorite Legionnaires are Nightcrawler, Colossus, and Psylocke. <laughs> He's writing this part himself and would very much like for us to move on to other things. So, yeah, just a lot of fun there on, on, the, uh, on that first letter column. And, of course, yes, the movie of the decade, <laughs> Batman on video cassette. Woo! And so there we go. That's the yeah. first three issues of, uh, of, of Five Year Later. Ooh-hoo. It's kind of dark stuff early on, isn't it? It um, Kinda. we're Kinda we're, gonna, we're gonna have some real meat to dig into when we get to uh, to the next couple of issues for sure, Ooh. and um and and then it's gonna lighten up a bit and I can't wait until we get to uh, Tenzel for the defense. Oh. <laughs> yeah, God, I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. It's one of the best Legion stories out there. So there you so go. um yeah. Any uh, any other sort of final co- thoughts on uh, on these issues? No, I, I'm digging. I, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. so Scott, this is your first time reading any of this stuff. Like we were all reading it at the time it was coming out, but uh Yeah, I read I read some of this run later on. Yeah. Like later basically right around when Keith Giffen was getting ready to leave. 
Oh, okay. I started reading it. I was reading it for a little while there, but uh, yeah, this is my first time reading this stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm loving it. This is, this is pretty awesome. And, and the, the great thing for you also will be that you've come in after, after getting into a lot of the early stories. So like when, they're, when they drop a reference, it's, it's pretty fresh in your mind, I would think. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of neat. Mm. Cool. All right. So uh, with that, then let's uh, let's let's bring this to a close. So comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also send that to info at Legion of Substitute Podcasters dot com. You can join in the conversation over the forums forum dot Legion of Substitute Podcasters dot com, and this is where we find out that uh, uh, that we're not the only ones who were thinking about um, about uh, uh, a. a What's Audrey Hepburn as Rima the Jungle Girl? <laughs> so, Oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, that was too funny. Uh, so, yes, lots of stuff going on there, lots of discussion over there. Um, and you can also head over to our website, Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com, and leave us uh, messages on the, uh, on the uh, individual episode threads. Of course, we're also on the Twitter, and you can follow us there, LOSP Podcast. And with that, we climb back into the time bubble, make our way back to the 21st century, um, five years before we started this. Wait, no. We're in the wrong space lane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'm trying to merge. (laughs) Trying to merge, but Rip Hunter is like climbing right up the side here. He's in my blind spot. So uh, (laughs) we'll head back to the 21st century, and we will see you all next week. Want a beast? (laughs) 